this is Mark Tinsley, and you're joining me today on The Message, which is a ministry of inquiry for today. Today's message is entitled, Don't Just Talk the Talk. We've heard that before. Let's see what God says about that. And to do so, we're going to go to Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. That's Mark 1, 21 through 28. Let's read together in God's word. And this is the passage that talks about the man with an unclean spirit. You'll be familiar with it. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. And this is the word of God given for the people of God. You know, when I was in the army in basic training, there was a, a specialist that came in during the period of time between our basic training ending and our advanced individual training or our job training beginning. And and, and this guy had been through basic training, was coming back to get uh, uh, retrained in the infantry. And he came in and he had all these badges all over his uniform and he was coming in with all these great stories about uh, combat that he had been in and things that he had done in the in the army and and I, and I just had a sense given the discernment from God that this guy wasn't being truthful and so I kind of called him out on it you know and uh, uh, I really caught the criticism of the other people in my basic training platoon because they said well you know Tinsley you're just uh, jealous you just you know you don't want to see this guy uh, having uh, this historical success and, and you feel uh, smaller because of his success. And I said, no, I, I'm just discerning. Things just, the timelines don't match up. The stories don't match up. It sounds too fantastical. He talked a big game. But, you know, uh, a couple weeks later, uh, the drill sergeants called him up front and, and uh, he thought he was getting an award, so he, run up with, he ran up with a big smile on his face. But when he got up there, one of the drill sergeants took out a knife and cut all the badges off of his uniform and informed him and the rest of us that he had been lying the whole time. At the end of the day, he had done nothing. He was merely talk with no substance. And we've seen this in, in politicians, right? I mean, they'll, they'll talk about all the things they're going to do during the election, but, but when the time comes... They so often don't follow through. How does it make you feel when you encounter a, a windbag, as it were? What are your feelings towards someone who, who tells you all the things they can do or are going to do, but when the time comes to fulfill an obligation or to put into action all that they've promised, nothing comes of it? Well, I'll tell you how I feel. I feel a little let down when I experience something like this, distrustful, and yeah, maybe even a little bit angry when someone only talks the talk. 
I also feel, if I'm honest, a little a little offended. I mean, I kind of think, does this person really think I'm so stupid that I'm going to buy into his or her lies, into the deceit, into the vain promises? We see a lot of this in our world, don't we? In truth, we see far too much of it. Seemingly everywhere we turn, someone is making a promise that we know in our heart of hearts he or she will not keep, or is telling us something about himself or herself that we know is not true. Maybe that's why Michelangelo said, the promises of this world are, for the most part, vain phantoms. And to confide in oneself and to become something of worth and value is the best and safest course. Michelangelo recognized that for the most part, promises are vain. And Michelangelo's frustration with the world and its many promise makers, its many charlatans and windbags and chess beaters and blowhards is our frustration today, isn't it? We're tired of vanity. We're tired of empty promises. We're tired of facades and we're tired of disingenuousness. We want authenticity. We want transparency. We want people who are who they are. We want people who do what they say they're going to do. We want real. We want real. And in our passage today, we see Jesus' disciples and the people in the synagogue sounding the same heart cry as they watched Jesus teach. You see, they had seen many teachers in the synagogue. Many a rabbi had taught them about God and about the law. They had been instructed in the Talmud and in the Torah. So this occasion of teaching was not new. In fact, they participated in it every week. They sat under teaching every Sabbath day, but this time it was different. Listen to the words of the passage again. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. Did you catch it? He taught them with authority, the ESV says. The New Living Translation says he taught them as one who had real authority. The phrase translated one who had authority or one who had real authority is from a Greek word or two Greek words, which mean, according to Strong's and other commentaries, physical and mental power, the ability or strength with which one is endued, which he either possesses or exercises. Listen to it again. It's power, ability, or strength, which someone possesses or exercises. In other words, the authority here is an easily observable or active authority. It's not just words or promises or self-aggrandizement. The authority spoken of here is authority in action, or or in the least, authority that is unquestionable because of its character. Jesus came with this kind of what we might call uncommon authority. When he spoke, his power was readily apparent And as we see in this passage, it evidenced itself through what he did. He talked the talk, but he also walked the walk. And this was authority that they had not seen before. The teachers and religious leaders of the day didn't talk and didn't teach like this. Verse 22 says that Jesus taught quite unlike the teachers of religious law, the New Living Translation says, or not as the scribes the ESV, and other translations say. 
We might assume that the authority they had seen in the past was empty and hollow, an unreal authority. The teachers they had encountered up to that point, the scribes and the Pharisees, had probably been a lot of hot air. They were simply standing up and spouting off at the mouth, but they weren't making faith real to the people. They weren't putting the word of God and the things of God into action. They weren't putting meat on the bones, as it were. They weren't real. But here comes Jesus and verse 23 and following says, and immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Folks, Jesus wasn't there only to talk the talk. He wasn't there to continue the apparent tradition of getting up in front of the people, preaching a little sermon from Scripture, and then sitting down. He wasn't there to give them some good ideas and then leave them to their own devices. No, Jesus came in power and in might and in action. And remember the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus taught his disciples when they pray. He said, don't be like the hypocrites who pray who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. Jesus was unconcerned and unimpressed with the windbags of the world. He wanted substance. He wanted authenticity. He wanted real. And as our passage today shows, this is what the people wanted as well. The the truth is no one likes the windbag or the blowhard. Everyone in his or her heart wants real. Real is where the rubber meets the road. Real is where people are loved on, encouraged, and supported. Real is where we take what we know and put it into action. You know, it's it's no good to be the smartest guy or girl in the world. If you don't use that knowledge to help people around you, to add to the body of scientific or cultural knowledge, or in some way to support the work of others. Smart for smart's sake doesn't change the world. Keeping a boat in port is like having no boat at all. And an airplane that never flies is nothing more than a decoration. And as Christians or as a Christian who does not do the work of Christ. You you and I are nothing more than window dressing at best and a burdensome load on the church at worst. A Christian does the work of Christ. Brothers and sisters, real is what God wants from us. Walking the walk of faith is what God wants from us. James wrote in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, but he, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. 
But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. My friends, it's a matter of doer versus sayer. It's a matter of talk versus walk. It's a matter of real faith versus unreal faith. You know, so many Christians in our world today just talk about faith. They just sit around and talk about the Bible. They just talk about the work of God, but they never do anything. But a Christian does the work of Christ. What's your like of faith? Or excuse me, what is your life of faith like today? When was the last time you and I really put it out there for God? When was the last time we went out on a limb and trusted God? I mean, really trusted God. When I think about the trust that some believers have for God, I, I think of many inspiring stories, but I want to tell you about one I read recently in Christianity for today. It's about a young man named Zach Hunter. Zach Hunter, a 15-year-old boy who did an amazing thing for God because he stepped out for God. He put his faith in into action. Let me read you this story. It's from Christianity Today, and I'll read a portion of it. Zach Hunter, 15, is a modern-day abolitionist. The Atlanta teen has been fighting for to free slaves around the world since he was 12. We were studying slavery in school, he says. I told my mom, if I was alive back then, I would have done something about it. Zach was shocked when his mom told him that slavery still exists. That's when I knew I had to do something, he says. Zach started praying, studying, and researching about slavery around the world. When I discovered there are more slaves today than during the transatlantic slave trade, I couldn't believe it, he says. My heart hurt for these 27 million kids and adults. After seeing the full picture of modern-day slavery, Zach felt led to launch a campaign he called Loose Change to Loosen Chains. He began speaking at schools, churches, and other organizations to raise both money and teen awareness. I wanted kids my age to get on board to help, he says. I want us to make history, and I don't mean to get our names in some history book, but to be known as a generation that did something for God, cared for the poor, and totally stopped slavery. In its first year, Loose Change to Loosen Chains raised $8,500 to donate to the International Justice Mission's work fighting the slave trade. Folks, this is a 15-year-old boy. Started his work at 12 years old. He stepped out on action. He took his faith and put feet to it. He put leather on the soles of his shoes and he walked out for God. One young boy made a difference. One boy motivated by God made a difference. One boy motivated by God made a difference by being real, by putting his faith into action, by walking the walk. What difference are you and I making today? What are we doing for God? Now, we don't have to fight to end slavery to do the work of God, to put our faith into action, but we do have to do something. We do have to do more than talk the talk. And so, folks, today I want you to join me. 
Let's covenant together, not just to talk the talk this morning, today, this evening, whenever. Let's find something to do for God, and let's go do it. Let's put our faith into action. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, show us that Jesus put his work to action, that he wasn't just talking the talk. People could see by the things that he did in that synagogue, by the way that he spoke, by the character of his, his, his speech, by healing the unclean, or man with the unclean spirit, that Jesus was there to do more than just talk. We should do the same. Thank you and God bless.